Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Hey, Zuby, Zuby, Zuby. Kill the music, buddy. Kill the music, buddy. Fans are hurting tonight. They need something different. They need something to hang on to. We got another version of the theme music that I think it's 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 popular. Gotten some great reviews. Fire up the rap version of the Got Your Back theme song. Go, roll it. Oh yes. We don't pull this one out often. Only on special occasions. Let's drop a little rap. Everybody want what we got. Living so good like Viva. Grin so big we cheese and That's yeah, what we we're talking about. We Welcome to Got Your Back, folks. Live post-game edition. Oh, boy. Yet another loss. Okay, the song gets a little weird from here, but it starts strong. Finishes poorly. Like the order some nights. Uh, loss at the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes. Got your back is always brought to you by our great friends over at Sherwood Buick GMC. They got a big event going tomorrow. Take advantage of their Black Friday sale. Go check it out. Just off Baseline Road on the way into Sherwood Park. So they got over $7,000 in discounts, finance cash, and trade-up bonuses. Go see Phil and the great crew at Sherwood Buick GMC over the next couple of days. They had a big Friday the 13th event. It was massive last month, and uh, and it was an absolute smashing success because they got great product. Go check it out. Or you can check out the website, gmcpod.com is the website coming to you from the Long Shot Studio. Got another live event scheduled for later this month. We'll have details on that. And, of course, Long Shot's more than just golf. It's a sports destination. Locations on Stony Plain Road and in Sherwood Park. There's the boys. What do you think of the uh, what do you think of the rap version of the theme song there, fellas? Struds, what do you think, man? Is it the first time you've heard it? I think I have heard this version before. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I like it. I don't know if is this your band, uh, Shogger? <laughs> you and your buddies get together and <laughs> me and my brothers. Yeah, me and my brothers. It's our band. Our family band. Brownie, you raced home. How was the uh, overtime open line on Jed tonight? Where how were people doing? What was the craziest suggestion you got tonight? Well, we we had one gentleman call in said that the Oilers should have dressed their full lineup in every exhibition game like the Vancouver Canucks did. <laughs> okay. I then I did fact checked it, and all the Vancouver Canucks players played three games, so it was uh, it wasn't the truth. It was uh, uh, right now. It, it's funny though, just like we are here tonight, everyone's trying to figure out what went wrong because this is the lineup. It's not, this is the lineup everyone thought could win a Stanley Cup. Not a whole lot different. Yeah. So I, everyone right now is just searching for answers. It's not like they're absolutely riddled with injuries. It's not like they're missing like massive key components. I mean, relatively healthy. And still the results have been hot, hot garbage, as was the case tonight. Uh, Struddy's World coming up a little bit later on. Looking forward to that. Struds, we got takeaways. <laughs> We got what around the horn or sprinkling the infield or whatever the hell we're going to call that other segments. And taking of course, a peek. taking a peek. Is that what we're going with? I don't know. 
That's what <laughs> Zuby keeps pushing for it. <laughs> two-point convo. I still like two-point convo. Uh, and we'll take more suggestions on the stream. If somebody gives us a better idea, we will give you a backscape. Like I have boxes of, they're ready to go. So if you can give us a better option and we go with it to name the segment, you earn yourself a backscape. So lots to come here on the podcast tonight. Let's get right into it. It's the breakdown brought to you by Mr. Dirk. Got to stop by there next week. Need to freshen up the wardrobe a little bit. It's an iconic store founded in 1939. And it's a beautiful showroom. They've got all kinds of amazing suits, pants, shirts, shoes, really high-end stuff. And then they've got lots of great casual wear as well. So if you have any clothing needs right now, you want to freshen up any part of your wardrobe, go see Sterling and Dan. And the amazing crew down at Mr. Dirk, you can check out everything they have to offer online at mrdirk.com. Um, okay, Brownie, uh, I know you just did a bunch of uh, a bunch of radio. Strud's hasn't had a chance to have his say yet. So, Strud's, I'm just going to kind of lay this out for you here. Uh, what is your main takeaway from what you watched tonight? Um, the same, the first four goals, well, I guess the first five goals, very similar, just disorganized defending would be in a nutshell what I saw. Yeah. Brownie, did you talk about that tonight too? It's It's been messy in their own end. Well, it has. I mean, the first three goals were backdoor wide open nets without any push. Like it was three guys standing by themselves putting the puck into an empty net. I yep. know that there's been so much talk about goaltending and save percentage, <laughs> but uh, I mean, those three. And then the breakaway where the guy was actually standing behind the two defensemen, the fourth goal. For a long time, the defenseman double clutched when he was passing it. He's like, he's still open. So it's just defensive miscues over and over again. It's the same thing that's killing the Oilers time and time again. So it felt like the night was cursed, right? Darnell takes the puck off the dome in warm-up. Uh, so there was some bad luck. Stuart Skinner blows a tire, and he goes wheeling over into the into the cane <laughs> zone during warm-up. That was kind of funny. Whatever. Goofy things. Mm -hmm. But then that first goal was bad luck. It was, it was flat-out bad luck, right? There were some bounces around in front of the net, and the puck drops right there. I don't necessarily put that on anyone specifically. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but all that bad luck happens, and then the Oilers made a pile of their own luck after that. That's when they crumbled, and that's when they started making their mistakes, right? So you have Brown falling over and over committing after Ekholm had pinched up. Uh, you know, just that's when the Oilers started to make the big mistakes after a bunch of stuff had gone wrong for them, Struds. Yeah, I would disagree with you on that first goal. You know, how does two Canes end up in front against one, one Oiler? Uh, well, we had three forwards and a D-man all move up and press up nearly to the top of the circle, some cases over the top of the circles. Uh, when the D-man gets full control, he shoots it back, and now Kulak is standing there trying to figure out who to take. Yeah, right. it was a lucky bounce, but I think that, you know, if if in this case, Fogel was the closest guy to the net. Um, you know, Nurse and, and McDavid both kind of commit to the guy on the wall. I, I probably would like to see Nurse pull back, but there was still Fogel's back there, right? He's he's kind of the safety valve, um, and he he moves up, presses up, Boom, not looking behind him. And now Kulak and Skinner are the ones left to uh, put the fire out, Brownie. Well, and then add to it, nobody in the shooting lane. And I think that's the th biggest thing to me that for the Oilers this year is the Oilers don't get in shooting lanes so that defensemen just continually put pucks on net. So instead of the battle being up by the blue line, the battle's always in front of the Oilers' net in the blue paint because the defensemen continually can put the puck through. You don't have to take slap shots, just wrist shots through. So the Oilers, on that one, no one got in the shooting lane. And there's 
two canes against one defenseman. So there was no chance for Kulak, no chance for Skinner. So there was good luck for the Canes, but it was created by poor choices by the Edmonton Oilers that allowed the Canes to have the good luck. And yeah. I'll say quickly, it's not just this year, Brownie. They they do not get in shooting lanes. Nope, 100%. The Oilers, they, they, and it's, they, they don't actually even... They, like, there's some players that can make it look like they're getting the shooting lanes. Yep. The Oilers don't even do that. They just, <laughs> just don't get in the shooting lane and just shoot it. At least I guess you know as a D-man. Yeah. How are they not bringing the right stuff to the rink and starting like that. I think that's what is a little bit befuddling to me because at least in the last couple of games, there was a reasonably decent start. You know, they had some leads to work with in some of the games. It was clear that they had the hop. Uh, I just don't understand how a team that's fighting for its playoff life, and let's be clear, they're doing that right now. That's just the situation they've got themselves into. Every game they lose right now is just making this less and less attainable. How do you have such a horseshit start, Struds, when your life is on the line like this? Where is the mojo? How does this group allow that to happen? Well, they don't have any mojo. They have no swagger. They have no whatever you want to call it. They have nothing. Confidence. They have zero. Uh, and they're waiting for something bad to happen. You know, and then you know they're, they're trying to, um, you know, there's zero energy. You watch the beginning of that game, like there's no energy at all from the owners. Like I'm not talking about forecheck i'm just they pan the bench a couple times they show kind of the guys on the ice and it to me honestly guys and this can sound awful i've been on terrible teams that looks like a team that's playing this stretch out the last 10 games where you know they okay i'm, I'm done april 14th i'm done and I'm, I'm heading out of here like that is the kind of energy they started that game with and that really was quite alarming actually because i've seen that look before brownie the thousand mile stare uh, and I've had it. I still have it sometimes. Uh, just thinking back to some of the tad teams I was on. There was a but lot of that on the bench tonight, eh, Struds? Those thousand-mile stairs. Like, the camera what? showed it. Hey, do you see that shot with McDavid? Yeah, but it shouldn't be to start the game. You shouldn't. You, you Like, <laughs> you're not out. It, it To me, honestly, it looked like their 74th game tonight, and they yeah. just got to get through it. That's what I saw, Brownie. Well, it's uh, funny. Uh, I, on my show tonight, the, the word I used was befuddled, too. The same one that Shogger just used there. And I think that's what it is right now. Like, befuddled, confused. Like, I have no, no answer for, for the questions that people are asking. Why are they starting like this? As you said, this is a team that has had swagger. A team that at times have been arrogant on the way they played on the ice. Hell yeah. And, and, and they got none of that right now. Um, and you know Struds as well as I do. When you see an opposing player with that stare, with that look on his face like he's already oh. defeated... And you just, it, it ramps you up. I'm like, I already got this guy. I've already got a step on him because of what I know I'm going to beat this guy. And that's what teams are, no team has ever had that against the Oilers before. But they are that, right now. Yeah, there was that one shot on the bench where McDavid came off and he was just like, and he closed his eyes and just sort of dropped his head. And Drysidle patted him on the leg and he patted Drysidle back on the leg. Like they're still in this, right? The third period, if nothing else, shows that at least they didn't completely fold their tents. Now, not going to make too big a deal of that third period, Struddy, but at least they came out and had some fight. And quite frankly, they generated enough in that third period to have tied that game. But they've got some guys that it it feels like they may never score again, ever, ever again, the chances, a couple of the yeah. chances that they were missing in that third period. If I was guessing, I bet you the Canes each had two darts between the second and the third period. Probably... <laughs> And probably a couple uh, bourbons, I'm guessing they had. Hot dog? They, 
Now, I know they're professional athletes. They would oh, never put right, that in their right, body. But right, right. a couple of darts and maybe a couple of burdens, bourbons, they were sitting back. So do not do not take anything out of the third period. Nothing. If they came back and won it, I could have seen it. But Canes were like, they're trying to get it. Like, hold on. I'm in, I'm in first gear. Let's get it down. They're down shifting. They were in lower than neutral for the third period. And the orders came out because they knew they had been embarrassed, right? What was it? 5-2 at that point? 5-1? Five, 5-2. Five, yeah. After two. five two going into the third, yeah. Yeah. So they, they come out there, okay, we can't we can't get embarrassed. So they brought it out. So that third period, I've just taken and crumple it up and just toss it in the waste basket because that wasn't the game. The game was the first two periods, guys. Two darts, two darts between the periods. <laughs> Minimum. Well, and and the thing too in this third period that bothers you a little bit, the others make it five three. And they are all over the Canes. And the Canes, yeah. I agree, the Canes backed off. Then the Oilers got a power play. And you're thinking, they got a power play. They make this 5-4. You pull your goalie. like you're the, Things are going to go their way tonight. They're finally going to get a chance. They got nothing on their power play. Nothing. They, they didn't create anything. They had trouble keeping the puck in, getting the puck over the blue line. They made poor passes. And that was the first time... In, Stretch, you know as well as I do, when you have great players and things aren't going right, that great player tries too hard sometimes. Yeah, He tries to do too much. And I think what you saw in that power play, Connor McDavid was trying to win that game. And in, in, in doing so, he, he turned the puck over a few times. Uh, lost the puck coming over the blue line. And I think at that you're seeing Connor right now, the frustration uh, of the entire season, what's going on, come into his play, where the point is now he's trying things that he knows he shouldn't, but he's trying and wants it so bad to go right. In that power play, they had a chance to make it 5-4, and once that was killed off, that was the end of the hockey game. Yeah, and then the and then the penalty that he took right at the end of the game there with four minutes left. I mean, I, I was it a bit of a soft call? Was it embellished a little bit maybe? But still, like that's a... That's one of those things, right? Just don't don't do that. Like don't don't cross check the guy in the shoulder in front of the ref in case he goes down at a critical moment in the game. McDavid doesn't do that a lot, so it's kind of a one off here. But still, another one of those breaks that just doesn't go their way. The one thing that Chris Knobloch is, gentlemen, is he is a fairly fresh set of eyes on all of these problems that we've all been watching every second of since the start of the season. And so I do find in some of his media availabilities, he's offering interesting perspective with a reasonably fresh set of eyes. As we go to the Weiss Johnson Soundbox, listen to the head coach's assessment of what's going wrong with his players. And I just see a lot of guys who, who are working hard, do care, um, are so worried about making mistakes, and ultimately it's paralyzing us and holding us back. And... Um, just not playing with our instincts, and um, yeah, we just have to get away from it. Mark that down as an early clubhouse leader for Gem of the Night. I think that's a really honest uh, assessment from a guy that's got a fresh set of eyes on this group, Brownie. I agree, and but I do believe there are some players that may be afraid to make a mistake. And the one thing we talked about in the keys of the game tonight, when adversity hits, don't let it ruin your night. Like if adversity hits, you give up a goal, let's not make it two or three or four as we saw tonight. Because every time the Oilers do something bad happens, they do have that deflate on the bench. And all yeah. of a sudden, for the next two or three shifts, the other team senses it, and they pick it up. And all of a sudden, boom, boom, here we go. And for the Oilers, there are players that are. But I don't think some of the mistakes that are being made out there, I don't think it's a guy that's clutching his stick too hard. Maybe on the offensive side of it. But missing your man defensively, pinching when you shouldn't, 
Connor Brown, he blew a tire, but he, he still was pinching in there. You don't do that. So that's not a guy that's out there, oh, I'm worried to make a mistake. He just simply went and made a mistake. Yeah. And I think that's the thing right now. The Oilers are just making mistakes time and time again. And when they do, and they the line in front of you makes a mistake, you've already come out onto the ice now a little bit. Oh, and that's what you're talking about, the stares on the bench and the look on McDavid's face. It's almost like they're defeated before the game is even over because they just see where the thing's going as, as bad thing happens after bad thing. But even like you talked a little bit about forcing plays, I think even before Connor Brown goes down, you know, Ekholm kind of has a bit of a, a line to the net. Just mm -hmm. throw it at the net. Instead, he kind of does a half turn mm -hmm. and trying to create something that isn't there. And no. when you're rolling, when you're feeling you, you've won five in a row, you're wheeling, you're dishing things off, you're making it incredible. When you're just trying to get it going, just get it to the net or just keep it below the top of the circles and um, – and just try to get something going that way. So, like, I get it. Like, I think people have to understand. It's not like they're not trying not to win. I think Brownie says it well. They're trying to do too much, trying to take too much on and be too fancy. When really, quite frankly, the the play, the the right play is a direct play more often than not. Yeah, I think it's a great point. That play there from Matthias Ekholm, and you talked about McDavid on the power play. Just great examples of guys that are literally trying to win the game with a single play, yeah. like trying to do so much, Brownie. Matthias Ekholm has a fantastic shot. Yeah. That guy blasts it, and he's double punching, thinking I should do something else with this other than just shoot it? That well, tells and, you what's going on in their heads. Well, and all the goals that we've seen Ekholm scored was from that exact same spot. Yeah. Like if, if he's got a spot, that is it. And yeah. I think he was trying to set up, was it McLeod? I think, yeah. I think someone like, like McLeod's got zero goals. Shoot the yeah. puck. Just shoot the yeah. puck 100%. That started the, the mistake going the other direction. And uh, yeah, it's just ugly play after ugly play around the Oilers' net that seemed to be fine in the back of the net time and time again. Back to the Weiss Johnson sound box here. Uh, Edmonton's main choice for all your heating and hvac needs until december 1st receive a complimentary duct cleaning when you buy a new furnace it's an exclusive deal that allows you to not only upgrade your heating system but also improve the air quality overall in your home might as well combine the two and get her done visit weesjohnson.com We're going the whole thing tonight, people. We know you need it. It's a full 30. Full, full 30? Okay, that's good. You can fade it out now. Uh, Evander Kane asked a question by Tony Brar. Like, how do you get past this? Here's Tony's question, and then listen to Kane's answer. How does a team as a collective move on from an effort like this? Good question. Good question. Um, I think we just have to focus on the next game. It's been redundant. It's been, uh, you know, the same kind of message after a lot of games this season, too many games this season. So move on, get ready for the next one. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins trying to process his way through what's been an absolutely garbage trip. I mean, we're just not finding, <clears throat> finding ways to get the job done at the end of the day. I mean, I thought Tampa played really well. Uh, didn't find a way to win. Florida, um, Pretty even game. Uh, same thing tonight. Obviously, just a poor start. Um, and we're trying to claw our way back the whole game. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say. Uh. 
And then finally, guys, here's a Vander Kane on. How the heck do you start a game like that? Uh, no energy. They were faster. Uh, they kept it simple. Uh, we couldn't handle that pressure. Um, you know, we didn't didn't handle the pressure well at all, and they capitalized on our opportunities. Oh, boy. That is a lot of downtrodden sound. Hey, fellas. While we're at it, let's hear how Patrick Laine feels about being scratched. It's probably, um, you know, over, over my career, probably the most – um, the most embarrassing thing that's been you know, happened to me. So I'm obviously not happy about that. And I think, you know, they, they know that. But I just think that that clip fit for some reason, like similar mood struds, lighting in the orders right now. Well, yeah, it's it's tough. And I, I like what Kane said about, you know, just played simple. You know, because I think tonight the best line for the Canes uh, was Stahl, Martinuk, and Fast or Fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on. What side of Alberta on? And we talk about it. I honestly <laughs> thought those three guys were were they were like I wouldn't call them a sexy hockey, but it's a hockey I like. It's hard. It's heavy hockey. It's getting in on pucks quick. It's holding on the puck. Now, for the most part, a lot of their team plays that way, but those three guys epitomize it. And you know, really, I mean, Stahl is again older, but he's a very good player. Then he got Martinuk, who's at best uh, a fringe third liner. And then uh, Jasper Faust, who's you know probably same around that same third line place, but they play mm-hmm. such simple hard hockey. I I love watching those guys play. Well, and you look, Struds, they went head to head against Connor they most did. of the night, and Connor Tons. and Leon I think were combined minus seven in this mm-hmm. hockey game. And yeah. you got Stahl near the end of his career, who just again simple plays, get pucks in deep, yeah. and then just work down low and win battles. I think that was the biggest thing through the first forty minutes. The 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 Canes won every battle. And they created scoring chances off those one battles. So, yeah, simple hockey. Simple hockey is effective. And uh, as Kane, Evander Kane said, the Oilers didn't play that early. And the Carolina Hurricanes did and built a big lead because of it. Captain Crunch chimes in and says, Oilers should trade for Line. He'd fit right in. Huge contract, no confidence, one-dimensional player who can't score. <laughs> Captain Crunch. You know what? I think someone's going to trade. If I would trade for Line now, he's he's down. There's there's very low. And well, it's not an wing. eight year investment, hey Struds. No, like a couple more years. Wing, but I mean, put him on the wing. Um, I I never. I don't know why. I think I don't know if it's he wants to play center or whatever. But I all the times I've seen him play, I never thought, man, there's a guy that really plays a full two hundred foot game. <laughs> I've never thought that. Like my my. I may maybe I missed something, but I I don't know, guys. I just don't. It doesn't. He doesn't scream that out. At I know me. it's weird. We'll save that for another segment where wow. we'll dig in on Columbus. Maybe you can add that to our uh, sprinkling the infield or whatever the hell we're calling it segment. Uh, wasn't a great look for twenty nine and ninety seven on the five one goal there, Struds. You know, you talk about them being a combined minus seven. That look wasn't great. They're kind of floating around the middle of the ice, and the puck ends up in the net. Yeah, it's you know you're yeah. Leon started the play with a turnover at the offensive blue line. Yeah, and you're, you're just you know, it's unfortunate because those two guys get so much attention. So when they're when they're like I said, uh, a tough plus minus night, and I know not everyone believes in that, but still, as a player, you want to be on for more than you give or give more than you get. But it's just, I, I don't know if it's just uh, giving up or or maybe not realizing it. But they're 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 all around it. But this guy's just wide open by himself in front, and you know the D aren't really looking at one. No one's really talking. So. It's it's literally like a Canes player was dropped in a circle of Oilers, and the guy was just standing there and just tapped it in, and that was it. Like they're so close to being right, but unfortunately, it's still so wrong, Brownie. Well, and on that one too, it's the the Kane player comes in, he gets the first shot, and Pickard makes a save. 
But then he gets the rebound. He toe drags it around the pad and shoots it in without being touched by a stick, a glove, a body. He's in the midst of four Oilers. Got two shots. In the second shot, he actually took his time to pull the puck around the goalie's pad and shoot it in the net. And then you look at the other end. I mean, Hyman scored the goal in front of that guy draped all over him. You Not once tonight did you see an Oiler standing with time and space in front of the Carolinas' uh, goal or the Panthers' goal or the Lightning's goal or any of those. Yet on the against the Oilers, time and time again, you'll see these easy tap-ins or rebounds or deflections where there's just there's no battle. It's just simply uh, an opposition player standing by himself. And on that goal right there, he was in the midst of four players, but nobody was bothering him, and he was able to get two shots away without any sort of battle level from the Oilers. Have our Ask Us Anything segment coming up uh, towards the end of the podcast. So Zuby is monitoring the stream right now. Send us your thoughts. He's going to grab a bunch of them and we'll uh, let people dig in with their thoughts on this thing coming up in a couple of segments. As we wrap up the breakdown, Zuby, let's bring in our sport logic numbers. A little bit about what Brownie was just talking about. These are some analytics that show a little bit of the game within the game. Uh, 10-4, the scoring chances off of turnovers. That's, again, too many for the Oilers. Even strength, high-danger scoring chances actually weren't that far apart between the two of them. Scoring chances off the cycle, that's been an area of strength for the Oilers. They were beaten in that one tonight. And then the puck battle win percentage, um, Oilers with an edge on that spot as well. All right, that was the breakdown brought to you by Mr. Dirk. Lots more to come. We're going to keep digging into this game. Keep taking your comments. Strutty's World and more coming up, so stick around. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. Christmas is just around the corner and we've got everything you need for the athlete and sports fan on your list. With over 30 different sports under one roof, including hockey, bikes, ball, and our amazing fan shop, United is your one-stop shop for everything sport. Don't know what to buy? A United gift card is always a fan favorite. United Sport and Cycle, your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Benching Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line trackman simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. All right, welcome back to the show. Time now for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. You know, if you're feeling unhappy with your overall level of health, you have to try their wellness lifestyle program, a really unique 90-day program, including a daily meal plan, exercise regimen, 
video instruction and support, pre and post assessment as well to help you monitor your progress. All that for 150 bucks from Dr. Tyler Fix. To help change the way you are functioning and feeling day to day, visit redefinedhealth.com. I had a little bit of a midlife crisis shopping adventure today, guys. Oh. I don't know why. You know, sometimes you just have one of those days where you're, you know, just feeling a little off. Went down to the mall, bought a pair of skinny jeans. Oh. <laughs> I will never wear these things. I tried them on like four hours later after I got home. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? These things, Struddy, are so tight. Like, I cannot pull these off. Completely wasted my time and my money. I don't know. It's it's a midlife crisis thing, I'm, I'm convinced. Well, all that time in the elliptical must sounds like it's paying off. <laughs> <laughs> They're so tight. I yeah. put them on and I was like, what the hell? Do you guys, like, Struds, you're a little more stylish than Brownie. Uh, do you wear skinny <laughs> jeans, Struds? That's like saying I'm a little bit taller than Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> <laughs> i'm right here i can hear you oh you're not sorry. i'm you're not muted i can hear you that's your outside voice rob brown our premier analyst here on the podcast his appearances are brought to you by kinprint a local company family owned decades of experience the hat's still backwards, <laughs> filling any and all of your promotional. That doesn't help, Brownie. Uh, filling any and all of your promotional apparel and embroidery needs. Visit kinprint.ca. Just fantastic folks over at Kinprint. Randine and I have dealt with them a few times, getting some of our apparel and our, our swag done. And it's a super easy experience. Really great group. That's kinprint.ca. I'm going to wear my skinny jeans tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. Uh, please, please, please don't. Yeah. Please don't. Uh, you know, the other thing I bought too, I didn't just buy a pair of skinny jeans. I bought a pair of those like skinny sweats that the kids are all wearing now. Oh, yeah. Like they're kind of like the pants that are skinnier too, but they're more mm -hmm. like sweat yeah. material. Yeah. Most people wait to have their uh, midlife crisis when they hit 50. So I'm glad you're a keener. You're getting it done early. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out of the way. What's next? A sports car? Yeah, no, man. I got my I got my Sherwood Buick GMC Sierra fifteen hundred elevation trim. It's fantastic, and we love it. Uh, people are screaming for something to get done. Maybe that's what we'll tackle a little bit here, Struds. I said it on Sports Center tonight. I don't know. I might have overstated it, but I, I I don't think so. I think if Ken Holland can't find a way to jar this lineup in some way, shape, or form, I mean, you have to you have to figure out a way. And I know they they move the goalie down. And I know that they made the coaching change, and those are the big moves that you can make in the moment. But you can't tell me there is zero opportunity to make a trade, to have a fresh face walk through that lineup and play the game a little different than the guys that are currently just you know running this thing into the ditch. There has to be something, Struds, and it's incumbent on the general manager to figure out a way to shake something up in that room. You cannot... Let them continue to die on the vine like this. It's fireable if he doesn't. Yes, yeah. See, I, I I understand what you're saying. I, I just don't think it's easy. I, I just look, if I'm a GM on another team. That's why he makes $5 million a I know, season. I know, but I, I just but what I'm saying is that you can make any trade you want. They're, they're, or Sorry, you can make a trade if you're willing to get robbed or fleeced right now. Because mm -hmm. every GM, when they see old Ken Holland on their phone, they're like, we got him. 
We got them. We're not going to do them any favors, right? Because why do they have to? There's no need. You look at around. So look at let's look at San Jose or uh, Chicago. Those are on their two teams around the Oilers. Uh, those two guys, they know they're going to be able to move some of their guys, their UFAs, towards the end, towards the end of the year. They're going to get a nice return on some of them, or they hope to get a nice return on them. So why are they doing it now early? And if they are, they want to get the premium price out of them. So, you know, how much are you willing to pay to make this trade? You know, that it might be a hockey trade, maybe, but to get one where, like they did with Ekholm last year, man, if I saw Ken Holland call me, I would be doing cartwheels. I'd be so happy. I'd slip into my skinny pair of jeans and go. He's not the only GM standing in a puddle of manure right now, though. There are other people that are hurting. There are other organizations. Not everybody's riding high right now, Brownie. Like, there has to be a bedfellow somewhere that's willing to shake his up his roster just a little bit. Well, the problem for the Oilers is their top six, seven players, all no movement clauses. You can't trade any of those guys. So now the only guys that right now that anyone would want, Bouchard, because he doesn't have a no trade, but you're, you're not trading Bouchard. The Oilers aren't. They've got faith in him. As he's going to score 80 points this year. They feel he's the, they could figure out the defensive part. So you're not trading him. Ekholm, we just traded for Ekholm to change them. Then after that, who do you want? Who on the Oilers does another team want? I mean... Warren Fogle has value what, right what you, now. What are you going to get, get? Well, Warren Fogle's actually the one oiler that's playing consistent. Yeah. So, yep. so that's you're getting rid of the trade. one guy that has actually yep. shown up every night. Okay. So, give and me you need more else. of them. Yeah. Give me someone else that the others can trade for and sure. get something for. But it doesn't necessarily need to be someone that steps into your top two lines or okay, but, into your top two but, and okay, but, pairings. But, like but, you okay. Can. Tell me who you're going to trade and tell me what you can get for him. What, what are you going to get for Derek Ryan? What are you going to get for Ryan McLeod? What are you going to get for Adam Ernie? Mm -hmm. So you can't trade any of your best players because they, they all have no trades, no movements. So now you're in your bottom six and your bottom three defensemen. Which one of those guys is going to get you something that's going to make you better? Or which one of those guys does anybody want? Like you, you are the third mm -hmm. worst team in the National Hockey League and you're the bottom six on that team. So it, it's not as easy as you, you would want it to be. Well, now, maybe I'm not suggesting it's easy. I'm really not. And I don't think you just snap your fingers. But the way you're talking, Brownie, it's like no shitty team ever made a trade ever before because they can't yeah, trade their best players and nobody wants their bottom players. Trades happen. They don't make trades and trades happen. They do, but we're in, a, we're in a different world now with cap. So whatever you trade out, you've got to come back the exact same price because the Oilers have no money. But it's been this way for a long time. And yeah. Teams still make things happen. They make things like happen at the get deadline. Creative and people make things happen mid-season. It's happened before. And mid and we're not mid-season. We're not mid-season. We're 18 games in. Teams are still trying to figure out where they are. But again, you can't trade any of your good players. So you've got bottom six guys. What are you going to get that's going to make you better? Other bottom six guys that have different faces and different names that'll put on the sweater and play the game a little bit different. The only bottom six isn't your... the problem, though. But if the you're bottom six, not the problem. But you, you, you got to change something. You have to mm -hmm. shake something up somehow. Can't just be the same thing over and over, rolling the same lines over and over. Like, you can't sit on your hands. You have to try and shake something up. So, so you so can you... trade someone who maybe doesn't finish checks regularly for a guy with similar stats who maybe does, and you throw in a pick because he's a little bit better player. I don't have all the answers because I'm not on the phone. 
<laughs> I'm not on the phone making the calls, knowing what the deals are out there. I do not buy that it's just too hard to make trades. There's no solutions. So there's no answer here. The GM doesn't have to do anything. It's on the players. And if he doesn't, like, I don't buy it, Brownie. People make I, trades. They, well, I maybe, but I don't see the Oilers having anything that anyone wants that's going to make them better right now. So we have to look at teams. We have to look at teams that are, as you use the word, stuck in the muck. I think the New Jersey Devils are a team that are underperforming relative to what they expected, at just just right at 500. Uh, the Predators might be another team, but you know, look after that, the Wild, maybe. They, they might be down in that area. So you look at those teams. Like I look at the Devils, and I'm trying to identify a player that fits cap-wise, and it you'd want, and they'd be willing to trade. And the one guy that might be interested is Michael McLeod, <laughs> trade brother for brother <laughs> you know i i just i don't see i so i look at that team i don't know where it is i don't know where the, the move is there right yeah so maybe maybe the move shogger and i is to try to make a move like they did last year trading away a young player for a young player that's in the minor yeah i mean listen if i'm daryl cates and i'm paying ken holland five million dollars this season just the answer being there's no trades. There's nothing. There's no trades. There's nothing. I can't. It's really hard. Our players aren't playing good enough. There's no trades. I, I, I just can't. I'm sorry. That's not acceptable if I'm Daryl Gates at this point. Rome is burning, right? The treehouse is on fire. Do something. Don't tell me you can't find any water anywhere. Do something. Because to do nothing, to me, is it's not acceptable at this point. Oh, so well, let's look at this, guys. They usually get a, a new coach bounce. That doesn't seem to be happening here. No, right? I, yeah, I, it's a great point. There, there's, there's been a no bounce, just <laughs> done. And then you send down a guy who's liked in the room, maybe not playing well, but liked in the room. Very little, maybe a little bounce. I guess three, three, and they got because I think they won three after three. Yeah, but they won three struts. But in those one, they played well in one, they were okay, and yeah. the other, they should have lost. So yeah, they didn't play well in three games. So I mean, what? You know, like I, without a new coach bounce, you know, maybe, maybe shouldn't have fired the coach. And so maybe that's one you could like to have back. But I, I, for years, I've been saying this Oilers team is too busy and I don't want to revisit it. But you're trying to just hurry up and hurry up and make changes that just because you have to make changes and we got to speed this process up because we've got these two superstars. Now look where they're at. They're in a really bad, they're in a bad spot with not a ton of assets and they desperately need a, you know, probably a goalie. So I, you know, I don't know. I guess you can, you can try to make a trade, but let's say they get the goalie they need, and they're, they're able to stabilize and they they make the playoffs. You know, based on what we've seen here, do they have the depth and are enough guys playing well that they can go deep? Probably not. So you probably have to add another D man or another forward, mm -hmm. and now you're training another first rounder to get that guy in there. So it's it's maybe it's not enough. Maybe you don't have enough. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting that they allow themselves to get fleeced, right? That's not that would that would not be smart. And that's not the type of trade that I'm talking about, right? I'm not talking about like packaging Philip Broberg and something for a shot in the dark that maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not. But I believe that small changes could be meaningful to this group, nibbling around the edges. And there are yeah, always but periphery players out there that are moving around here and there, right? It's, but, it's yeah, not but like we go, never see these players move. Go with what Strud said, though. You're looking for small changes to give them a bounce. They've, they've done changes. They've cha they sent their goalie down and they fired their coach. If those haven't given them bounce, what's a fourth-line guy coming in going to do for them? Well, I think those things are subtraction and they're, you know, so Jack Campbell just suddenly not being there anymore. 
I mean, that was just if, if they like Jack Campbell and care about Jack Campbell, that's a kick in the balls for everybody. And unless the new guy steps in and is lighting them up with confidence because he's playing amazing, that's just a bit of a pit. That's just like, ugh. I believe that the coaching change, um, and this is not an indictment on Chris Knobloch at all, right? The guy has earned his opportunity, and he's going to have a chance here, and we'll see what he can do. There's no question, guys, the coaching change, I think, took the wind out of the players' sails as opposed to giving them the bounce that they get sometimes. I think the players were stung big time by that move. So things are shitty in there right now. And to me, changing the mix up in any way right now, I think can be meaningful. Just do something. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't have it. I'm not on the phone. But just change some change a face. Bring somebody in that does things a little bit different. Change the goalie coach and bring in a new voice so that the goaltenders are hearing different messages. And I I don't take saying that lightly. You know, Dustin Schwartz, he's been around a long time. I don't take, you know, people's jobs lightly. But the point is is that like you just can't keep doing the same thing thinking that it's going to be different. You have to do everything you can. And Ken Holland's job is to try and find some way to shake this group a little bit. I don't yeah. think I'm being crazy and unrealistic and unfair to him, Strauss. No, but, but ahead, Strauss, just before you go, the, the okay. one thing is, so you're saying that if you traded out Warren Fogle and got another third-line player, that's going to make Connor play better or Leon play better or Nuge play better? Because this Not team only goes when they go. So if the, I don't see how trading a, a third or a fourth-liner for another third or fourth liner is going to make the best players on the team be better, make their power play better, make their penalty killing better. That's the problem I see right now of making a trade is the Oilers' assets aren't big enough that they can move to get someone worthwhile coming in that's going to make this team all of a sudden better. I'm going to throw something out here. Sign Ethan Bear and trade away one-year D-men to get a little cap space. Ooh. Out of nowhere. Huh. So free up some cap space by, yeah. I mean, I don't think, like, is it is it realistic, Struds? I don't know. I mean, I because I, you have to you think. Start coming back here? Well, the, the, I, I I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I that's the thing. I have no idea. But you can ask, right? I don't know how, how healthy is he, though. Well, he, he probably, I, I thought I read he'd be right, right around Christmas. I might mm. be wrong. But so, I mean, the owners don't have a ton of assets. So what you do, you have a couple of players on the NHL that are assets. Can you move them out? Try to find some cap space. And then, because I, I don't know what Ethan Bear is going to sign for. I, I, I'm guessing with the shoulder. And you have no idea what he's going to play. So you want to throw the bones? That's rolling the bones big time. I'm going for a yep. hard eight, baby. Kiss the dice, toss them. <laughs> Hoping for the best. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how Ken Holland plays this. And if he's just waiting for the players to start playing better and feeling like I've done all I can do, I'm sure he's working the phones. I'm sure he's not making the trade that will hurt them because I'm sure he's staring at a pile of trades in front of him that he knows will hurt his team. And respect them for not doing that. And that's not what I'm suggesting here. But just seems to me, if you're Daryl Cates, you're looking at this situation and looking at your GM and going, okay, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what's, is there, there's literally no way to change a single player who goes out on the ice there. And I do believe, Brownie, that when you're as low as these guys are and as bad as it is, the smallest things can make a bit of a difference. What if you go get a guy who plays the game fundamentally with a little more energy 
and a little more speed than their bottom six players do. What if you can find that guy who just finishes checks regularly and, you know, and, and brings a little bit more energy and all of a sudden you've got a usable line a little more often than you did before. And it costs you a pick in one of your players, but you're telling me you can't find a way to trade up this much anywhere in the league to upgrade this much. Well, it's, it's upgrade. They, first of all, they need to upgrade more than this much to be a winning hockey. Of course. Club. And you second of all, and second of all, whoever's coming in, it, it it's it's incumbent on the Oilers' best players. And I don't think all of a sudden you get, I don't know, Seth. Well, I actually can't even say Seth Jarvis. He's but Martinook. He comes in. That'd be much more serviceable. Does that make Leon and Connor better? No, I don't think it does. I think this is on the Oilers' best players finding their game, and the Oilers finding their defensive game. The Oilers aren't. It's not one player that can change us. They got to learn how to play defense. And play it consistently, and give up the big play, and that if they do that, this this team is still good. This is the team that we watched last year, that we saw go to the second round and lose to to Vegas. Had the incredible end of the year. The, this is the team that everyone picked to win a Stanley Cup or be Final Four. It's the same players. It's there. They just got to find it. And I don't know if they're gonna if a trade is going to happen or if it's going to be something that's going to change it. But the team they have right now is good enough to be way better than they are right now. I agree. I'm probably looking in the minors. I'm looking for a guy who's maybe, you know, try to find someone that you, because sure. I think you could find that guy in the minor shocker, maybe, right? Someone An energy that, player, somebody else's yeah. best, you know, one of their better veteran players in the AHL who plays physical and gets yeah. in the yeah. odd scrap, who's a borderline yeah. guy and you make a trade yeah. and you change out a face. Just might have to a guy. spark something. Ryan Malone, what if he's available? In, yeah, in, I, I, I asked a little bit about Malone. And, yeah, I, I wondered, and I asked that question. I, I think there's some question about the quality of the play and if he was if he was there. But yeah, something like that. Anyways, we've beaten it to death. Tons of comments coming in. I'm being criticized. Some people are saying all I'm doing is complaining about problems and not offering any solutions. I, I mean, I haven't dug in and poured over every single roster and done that yet it's not you know ken holland's the one with the phone in his hand we can do that and we can maybe come up with some um but not right here in the moment uh okay we're gonna take a little break from this when we come back sprinkling the infield uh two-point convo taking a peek peek. uh it's coming up brown are you hanging in or you got a buckle bud I know my family doesn't even know I'm home yet, so I'll stay here. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Brown's hanging in past the midway point. It's a good night here on the pod. Lots more to come. Uh stay with us. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster. Find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey for all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Freddy. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. All right, time for two-point convo. 
brought to you, Struddy, by... Oh, look at him scramble for his read. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oxy it was sewn off. I, I didn't it. recognize the name of the, the, the segment. I, okay. I recognize it as taking a peek. So I'll, I'll the one thing this. you have to do, the one bit of work I give you to do. No problem. God, uh, taking a peek brought to you by Backscape, the product. <laughs> this product is taking the online world by storm right now. It is everywhere. Get rid of unwanted back hair by yourself with Backscape. Water-resistant, rechargeable shaver coupled with a long handle lets you take care of your business on your own. Shave in any direction with no bumps or cuts. It's easy. It's awesome. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com and choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. And the biggest sale of the year is on right now, 30 yes. to 50% off. So you want to get in there. No one's tighter than Rob Brown. So that guy is hacking oh, yeah. right now. Backscape.com. <laughs> Sorry, is that big Backscape? It is Backscape. B-A-K. B-A-K. Yeah. Big sale on right now. So if you want to Backscape, you got two options. Go online and buy one. They got that great sale going on right now. Or give us a better name for this damn segment. And then I will get one to you. So those are your options. Struddy, uh, where are we going to go tonight? While we're taking a peek around uh, the world of NHL, <laughs> let's start with uh, some news that came out. I, th I thought it was actually kind of, no one really talked about it. So the World Cup, okay. they want to bring the World Cup of Hockey back. And it sounds like with what's going on politically in the world, they want to do it uh, with only four teams. Mm -hmm. So it'd be Canada, USA, Finland, and Sweden. Obviously, four of the strongest nations in the world, if you're not including uh, Russia in this situation. Um, and I get where we're at with the political landscape. It might be hard to, to, to include others. Um, but when I look at this, guys, I feel like we're missing out on so many great players. You know, the last couple of years, you look at what Leon's done, or you've got uh, some countries that are that are growing with their play, like Czechia and, and those different countries. Um, so I really think it's a lost opportunity, and I understand that. But I wonder if there's not a way to include another team. I know they they won't. Uh, I know I know they won't. But guys, missed opportunity, I think, by the NHL, because there's so many NHL superstars oh that will be excluded because of this could you imagine a best on best tournament with no leon dry saddle brownie no it's not right i mean i they did it before they had the young stars before when they did yeah. the last best on best and they also had i think they had team europe in that one too yeah. mm -hmm. i mean i you have to do that what anze kopitar uh wasn't he he's he's not on any of those four teams it, there's a ton of great hockey players i i understand the whole political thing but you've got to find a way to bring the rest of the world into this. I can't, uh, it's, it's not a best on best if it's just those four teams. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I've covered those best on best tournaments. Like I've been to the Olympics, man, I've done world championships and world juniors and man, there's just something to be said when those countries that are underdogs start putting yeah. up a fight against the top dogs, there's nothing like it. It's, it's awesome. You know? So I'm not in favor of a smaller tournament at all, Stratty. Yeah. Well, it's, something i think the stars want and i get that but you're excluding players so i don't know if you could make like a five-team tournament seems a little bit wonky i'm not sure if you can make two other teams out of players that aren't from those four countries i'd have to go through that exercise and really sit down and kind of i kind of look at it that might be a bit of a stretch but um you know they are going to be filled with NHLers, so it's not like they're going to be brutal. Yep. But uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, the second one, uh, Zach Benson is making a lot of noise in uh, Buffalo, the Buffalo <laughs> Sabers, and uh, you know he, I think tonight was his tenth game. He's played for, uh, played out in, he's from BC, played out there in some academies. Uh, Winnipeg Ice has put a big numbers. Got drafted 13th overall, and now this guy, uh, I believe, is his first goal in the, as an NHLer. And we thought Jordan Eberle's was nice. 
This is crazy. He picks the puck off the wall, skates towards the net, and it's one of those special plays that American League's the first player I saw do it, pull it between his legs, and then throw it back door as a goalie's already leaning to his left. So He went uh, top shelf too, eh, Stratton? Yeah, yep. Historic, historic first stairs. goal. And this guy, I mean, uh, Don Granado's been asked about what they're going to do with this guy. I, I don't know how they can send him back. He's, I think he's got one goal and four or five assists through nine or ten games. It's going to be hard to send him back, especially uh, the way he's playing. Tonight was his ninth game, so he's he's uh, if he it's did right. he, if he only had the goal tonight, then he's at one and four. But what a way! I mean, if he does get sent back down, what a way to walk yeah. through whatever door he's going to walk through. Be like, I'm back. You know, like wow, that was a, it was unreal. It's one yeah. thing scoring your first ever NHL goal. It's another thing to have a highlight reel scoring your first NHL goal. Yeah. And I, well, I yeah. saw that goal. That was special. That was special. Can That's we, funny. Can... You no, know, there's some there's some school of thought. It's better to wait about 100 games. But I mean, everyone's <laughs> everyone's different. And um, you know, I don't know if it's any more special because it's earlier. Like, how not... long did it how long did it take you, Stratty? And what I mean, did it, it look north, like? North of 100 games. But I mean, it was tighter checking back then. This yeah. is loosey goosey now. Ryan McLeod's chasing you down here for time between goals. Sorry. Continue. What no, was the but, goal? I, but I, so when I look at this guy, it's interesting. Like, I'll be interested if they keep him or not. Um, because it does make a difference. And then how does that affect local product here, Matty Savoy, right? How does that affect his his kind of march towards the NHL too? Mm -hmm. So um yeah, pretty talented players come up through Buffalo there. They've they found some some nuggets there. Can you guys give me your first goal story? Yeah, I I scored in my first game, I scored two goals. Oh boy. Uh Here we go. I scored on I scored on a power play, a backdoor one timer, and I scored on a breakaway. Your first yeah. first NHL first game. game, first first yeah. game, two shots, two goals. I thought it's going to be easy. Yeah. It wasn't quite as easy, but yeah, I uh, it was, was a good first game. Who were your line mates? Uh oh, what's his name? Um, Lemu, Lemu, Lemieux, yeah. Yeah. Lemieux, exactly. and shut it. I made yeah. Mario what he was, buddy. That those first two games, how many points or first game you had? What two goals? You said and yeah, two goals and assist. The other right winger was a garbage can. It had a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Struds. I was the right story. winger, Struds. I was the right winger. Sorry, the left sorry. winger was the little girl in the first first row. She played left wing that night. She only had two um, goals too. Mine. I was in L.A. and it was I did, the sad thing that I didn't even see go in. I don't think I've really ever seen a replay of it. it just. Uh, I was, I, for some reason I jumped in off the point, I blacked out and, uh, the puck, someone shot, so I grabbed it. I just put it down and shot at the net and it just went in the net. And I don't know how, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really remember ever seeing it, but the guys were so excited. I remember Todd Bertuzzi and Joe Manoski are all jumping. Everyone was high-fiving me. And I think it was either we tied it one, one or two, two, and we ended up tying the game. And after the game, Mark Messi said, I'm taking off for supper, buddy. We're going to a great place. And we nice. went to his favorite diner. <laughs> Just you and Moose? Just the two of you. And there's some other guys. Okay. And like, uh, big guy. Like, what about a steak or something, right? So I ordered... you go, did you go to Ed DeBevick's in LA? Is that where you were? It, it, was, it was a really cool diner. But I remember thinking, like, I got to stretch this a little bit more. So <laughs> I think I ordered, like, a side of bacon with my, like, Denver or something, right? Smoothie. How much is that? Is that 18 bucks mess? <laughs> how many years had you been in the nhl when you got the first goal 22 it wasn't your first season was it no 
Oh no! Like you my were first, my first game as a Canuck, I hit the post, the inside of the post. It was really nice. Um, didn't see that <laughs> one either. I just heard it. Just hey, heard you notice how Rob Brown never tells stories about the time he almost scored? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want. I don't want to like guys. I don't talk. I mean, yeah, I don't. I've scored on two Hall of Famers and one soon-to-be Hall of Famer. I know no one, no one else to bring that. So you think about it. My goal percentage, it's like twenty percent Hall of Fame goalies I beat. Who can say that? That's actually, actually, probably a lot of players could say that. Actually, I don't. I, you think I don't think so? <laughs> I, you score five hundred. I bet you most of them are like like Ovi. He has like sixty empty netters. That's almost ten percent of his goal total, man. Calvin Bess uh, chiming in on the stream with a name suggestion. Name of the segment: Struddy's Nuggets. <laughs> that's actually pretty funny <laughs> two nuggets from strutty i want to uh, i vote for that one uh, so actually, back scratcher he's I actually got it, it as as nuggies so i think it rhymes that well, strutty's nuggies no it's nuggets nuggets and you just oh someone amended it to strutty's nuggies that was a that was a secondary which i thought was pretty good too Strutty's Nuggets. All right, that was, for tonight anyway, Strutty's Nuggets. Yet to be named segment. Brought to you by Backscape. And a reminder, massive sale online right now. 30 to 50% off. I've got one. It works. Give it a go if you need it. Uh, short break and then Strutty's World when we come back. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use a promo code Ferguson to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here, someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> All right, let's get to Strutty's World, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Holiday gifting just got way better at Match. Purchase a $50 gift card, and you'll receive a bonus $10 card and two Match-branded beer sleeves. That's Gift a, cards that's are available. DLR, Ryan. Oh, it's DLR today. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, you, match eaters ma- matches ask us anything. Oh, geez, man. Yeah, I'm getting lost in these scripts. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't Studies know. I would have just left, let you go, but I have the other logo up there. I'm very yeah, concerned no, that's about okay. the details. Yeah. No, you need to shut me down when I make a terrible mistake like that. Strutty's World brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. That's my brothers, Rick and Rob, right? They got the maintenance-free fencing and decking. You put it in once, no sanding, no staining, no painting, uh, high quality maintenance free vinyl products, uh, DLR vinyl locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. Sorry about that, boys. Struddy, what do you got tonight, my man? Uh, first, I've never seen this before in the history of uh, well, me watching sports. Uh, 
obviously Kawhi Leonard was was a huge part of the San Antonio uh, Spurs. He uh, manufactured a trade to Toronto Raptors. He went on there and he he did some great things and won a championship. Then he moved on to the Clippers, his hometown team. Well, every time he goes back to San Antonio, obviously there's there's a few fans that are disgruntled. And like I get it. You think of when Chris Pronger comes back to Edmonton, but tonight there was tons of booze and and San Antonio is struggling, even though they have. Victor Wembenyama, an incredible athlete, uh, a rookie. There's, I think they're at or near the bottom of the league. And so every time that Kawhi would touch the ball, uh, and actually James Harden, they would boo him. They would boo him. And it got to the point where the coach, longtime coach, five-time championship coach of San Antonio, Greg Popovich, uh, he walked over and grabbed the announcement mic and told everyone to stop booing his players. I think we have the video. Listen to it here, or the audio. Excuse me for a second. Pops Can on the mic. we stop all the booing and let these guys play? It's our own class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. <laughs> so this guy, Greg, Pop, and I like him. I think Pop, they call him Pops. I think he's great. He reminded me of like a high school or junior high principal that came down like, hey, no more talking. Rob Brown's trying to tell you about how great he was 20 years ago. <laughs> it is unbelievable that this would do it. I've never seen it before. Uh, I loved it. I think it's so funny. And I couldn't imagine what the teammates of Kawhi Leonard were talking about him, trash talking him after the game. They didn't stop booing, though. Like they booed no. hard through the rest of the game, didn't they? It's slow. It's it. I apparently it slowed down a bit. I wasn't watching the game personally. I was watching another game. But um, yeah, pretty crazy guys. Like to see that happen in 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 real time. <laughs> like it's just mind blows my mind. I thought it was awesome, and I got a ton of respect for Pops. Uh, I mean, he's yeah. a championship coach. Yeah. Uh, he's very up to date on what's going on in the world, and he he says his mind on you know topics that are are, are going on in a daily life of everybody, but. Uh, I never understood, honestly, the booing. I've never gone to a, a sporting event and booed. I've never let my kid, when we've gone to sporting events and booed. Um, if, you have, if I'm cheering for the home team, I'm cheering for the home team. And the guy that they're booing, Kawhi Leonard, he won a championship with them. Like, he was their best player, yeah. and they won a championship when he, when he was in San Antonio. So I love the fact that, they, that he did that, Pops. And, and it shows you, I mean... Go and enjoy the game, but like I don't understand why you're all standing up booing this guy who at one point wore your jersey and brought you an NBA championship. So I loved it too. But again, I was shocked. My son sent it to me. He goes, Dad, did you see this? And I'm like, Oh right. my God. So it was uh pretty cool. And and give yeah. him credit to the guts to get up and do that. That's pretty cool. The message too, this is not who we are. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that part of what he said too? Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean it's you know, the other side of it is, look, fans pay a lot of money to go to games, and if they want to boo, you know, they have the right to boo. Probably a lot of the same fans that paid money over the years and felt whatever they felt when people are coming and going. So they have the right to do it, but it is interesting. It takes a lot of guts to get up there and, and try and, you know, make the morality play with the fans. I'm not surprised at all that it didn't work, though. But can you imagine, like, you're, you're the assistant coach, and all of a sudden your head coach says, hold my clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where do you got to go to the bathroom? And he walks down and grabs the mic. Hey, well, everybody, you, is enough. Do you see the two guys at the, the table? They're like, uh, he just took the mic. Um, what's he doing? He's proposing. <laughs> I that need was, uh, two uh, hamburgers and a bottle, a bottle of pop down at the uh, bench here. We're getting our asses kicked again tonight. <laughs> what was the craziest thing you guys ever had coaches do? Um, For me, it was, well, I, I've got. 
million playing for Hitch and Junior that we were in the middle of a game and there was uh, in New Westminster, all of a sudden he felt the bench moving and Hitch was a big man back then. And you looked up and two guys in the first row of the stands had fishing rods with donuts on the end of the fishing rods. And they were just bringing them into Hitch's peripheral vision. And then they pull them away. So Hitch was trying to get them to the point where Hitch turned around and was now trying to grab the donuts off the thing. And he finally got one and he held it up for the whole stadium to look at. And then he ate the whole donut. <laughs> and we're all cheering him on too. Hitch is going to get it. Come on, Hitch. One more time. Oh, oh my God. Wow. It was so funny. Wow. Yeah. I don't really Do remember mean, anything. I don't remember. Oh, anything. you got nothing? Well, I mean, Pat Quinn yelled at the refs all the time, but I mean, I don't know. I think that's he he just he was he just he would yell at the refs the whole time to the point where he wouldn't put the lines out there and we'd get too many men, then he'd be yelling at us because we weren't smart enough to figure out how to not to have too many men penalties. Like it was just it never ended with that guy. All right, that was Strutty's World brought to you by DLR vinyl products. Uh, let's get to ask us anything. I already did the ad read, but we'll give them a little extra love, right? If you're heading down to a game night here in town, go a little bit early because match, as we know, is attached to the rink. And uh, it's an awesome way to go and spend some time before the game. They got a great menu, great atmosphere, super convenient. So whether you're on your way into the rink or on your way out of the rink after the game, stop in and check out the great atmosphere that is Match Eatery and Public House. And, of course, they have that deal going. Buy the $50 gift card, receive the bonus $10 card, and two match-branded beer sleeves as well. Match Pub, your Ice District dining destination. Zuby, been keeping an eye on the stream tonight. Oh, hello. I'm going to lay back and let uh, you rapid fire with Struds and Brownie and uh, hammer through because there has been a ton, man. Okay. Um, a couple of good – you know, I like to always start with, uh, you know, a couple things that can – bring our spirits up a couple of things on naming the segment joka says name the segment take a lap or taking a lap that's not bad uh philip short says it could be called the backstory a tie-in with uh, the sponsor there of course but you know Ooh, that may, I, don't, I, I don't know of the long-term uh, uh possibilities there but and the backstory it's a little like the segment is a little more current than that it's not like a deep dive into the backstory like mm -hmm. it's it's a, literally it doesn't fit but it it does, you know. It has a nice little fun. trying to trying to give some love to the people who are uh, giving this some right. thought. And there's a few others yeah. that we we've seen before. So thanks to everyone who contributed names. And one other thing, when we played the Weiss Johnson jingle, this made me laugh. Steve Kenny piped in and he said the Oilers need to trade for Reese Johnson from the Chicago Blackhawks, and then we could alter that uh, theme song a little bit to make it fit for him. Yeah. He scored a goal. Reese Johnson. Reese Johnson. Reese Johnson. Okay, so Mike Smith, our friend Mike Smith, not the former goalie of the Oilers, I don't believe Mike Smith, uh, d dominating the chat tonight, and I, I'm, I'm going to give him this. So he, he's got a broad statement here. He says, he says, truth bomb, oil don't need both McDry to win a cup. A dynamic duo is nice to have, but not a luxury, not a must-have look at cup-winning teams since 2009. That's what he said. So, he, and then, and then in the brownie, when you and Ryan were really talking, he he was on you, Ryan. He wants you to name a trade. If you think they should make a trade, name a trade. I said we don't, you know, speculate. It's still just speculation, right? But but let me then add on to that. We'll go this way. Hockey guy says, guys, you are the GM of the Oilers right now. What move or moves would you make to tr uh, try to make now to have an immediate impact to save the season? Brownie doesn't think they can make any. 
I, I, I don't think they can make a big enough trade right now to do it because they can't trade any of their best players. So if yeah, you're the I, if, if you're the GM Brown, you're you're then what? So not a. Tra- I'm expecting my team to be better. I'm expecting my team to be better. Okay, Stretty. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I just don't think it's easy to snap your fingers and make a trade that that, that isn't a, a lopsided loss, right? Um, so I, I'd be, I, I honestly, I'd go back to what I said before. I am going to be pushing my uh, pro scouts into the minors to try to find something. Maybe I can do a flip of minor league players that fits and bring someone in that can give me a little juice. That that's what Clint Costin was when they traded for him, right? I mean, that right. he, he was kind of a fringe guy, hundred percent. Ryan, do you want to do you want to? Address, I know you said you're going to bow out of this, but do you want to address na- naming well, names? Could being more specific about a trade? Yeah, no. And again, like we've we've beat it to death. I think that getting something done to try and change the dynamic in the room in some sort of a way is is necessary. And you know what? Like I said before, we haven't scoured rosters. We're not. I'm not coming with a whole pile of solutions. I'm coming with the idea that a general manager whose team is dying on the vine needs to find a way to try and shake the tree a little bit. So that's what I'm offering tonight. Criticize me if I don't have the trade to execute right this moment. I don't care, but uh, my sentiment remains the same. What else people got, Zuby? Okay. Um, can you guys talk about what ha- – this is from ADN. Can you guys talk about what happens in the film room when the team's watching back games? Are players called out? Or does everyone make their own notes or how does it work? And how would it work differently at a time like what the Oilers are going through right now? You go for the, you go first. Try. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, yeah. call, I'll name a name next time. So you guys, yeah. Know. So when you, when you go, to, when you go in there, you know, when the clip starts, it's you like, you, <laughs> you, you know, you don't have to like, you don't need to say, Oh, and here we come with Jason Strudwick. You already know what's it's coming. You're just praying that the, the coach doesn't put yours in there. Um, and he will, like he'll say, look, here was Brown or Strudwick or whatever doing, doing the wrong thing or doing the right thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just, it's just cringeworthy. So, I mean, there are coaches that will yell and just give it to you. Others that they just leave it there for display. You, you know, like if, if you don't know, you've made a mistake on a play, that's a big problem. But I'd say most of the guys know Brownie that it's, it's you. Well, it's funny when I first started, we used to have the VH to S tapes and they'd have to like push fast forward and you'd sit there waiting, 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 yeah, waiting, yeah. waiting. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing as a coach is when they say why, they'll show you this, you'll watch the video, they'll watch the mistake. Why? What were you thinking? And that's where as a player, you have to think, okay, yeah. here's why I did it. And half the time when it's coming out of your mouth, you're like, okay, that was dumb. There's no real yeah. good reason why I did that. So I think it's got it's one of those ones where they have to show the video of what you did wrong, but you also have to have video to show what you should have done. You yeah. can't just show here's where you screwed up. You also got to say here's what you could have done. Either have some other video of it being done properly, but you still have to explain it. You can't just show a mistake. Uh, Penner's pancakes are pretty much straight to the point. He says Nuge is a wall right now. What have you guys seen? In his game, I would I would tend to agree with that in, in the broad sense, uh, Brownie. I think Nuge is like Connor, like Leon, uh, like a number of the players that flashes of what we've seen in the past, but not consistent. And he looks as frustrated and at times lost as any other player out there. And you can hear it in his voice afterwards. He doesn't have the answers. So I think he's just like all the other guys. Yeah, he's just you know, just consistently kind of unsure of what's going on and what he's supposed to do. 
Um, you know, what was it last night or last game or tonight? He had a puck on a stick in the slot and he kind of waited for the guy to slide by. Then he shot it. And I, I think it was a save maiden, but last year that went in right this year. It's not mm-hmm. going in for him. So you're double clutching. You're, you're worried about what you're going to do. Um, yeah, just, he, I, you're right. He's lumped in with the rest of the group. Threw uh, a couple sh- of angry hits tonight, by the way. So, I mean, right. there's that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Shane Matheson says they refuse to dump and chase so many turnovers at the other team's blue line. I mean, they're a team that typically carries the puck in, but should they should they be doing more of that when it's when it's not working, Struts? Yeah, I don't like the idea of dumping the puck in. I think unless you're desperate on the end of a change or, or a long long shift, I like the idea of chipping behind the D man. You know why? I hate it when other teams did that to me. That's why. Because I've now got a turn, and it's a puck race for me to get that puck, and they're on me right away, and I have no time, and then my back's turned up the ice. So that's the play I like. So I don't just dump and chase. I, I, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I mean, there are times we have to, but I like putting it behind the D-man brownie to make them turn, make them get their feet turned. Now you're on them. Well, that's a great point, Struds, because when they interviewed Nuge after the game, he said, what was the difference between the first two periods and the third? He said, we started getting the puck in behind their defenseman. And that doesn't mean putting it into the corner, because if you put it in the corner, the guy that you're facing, the offside defenseman's going to go get it. He's going to win the race there. But when I'm coming down one-on-one, if I just put it off the boards, and I'm racing you. And I've got the advantage because I'm going forward, you're going backwards. So 100%, when the Oilers are playing well, they're putting it behind the defenseman and they're chasing it down. Last game, a great example of not doing that. Evander Kane, one on four, turns the puck over, comes back. That's when Broberg steps on a stick. It's a goal. You don't, you don't always have to beat a guy one on one. Put it in an area and then beat him with a race. Um, oh, I thought you were jumping in here, Ryan, so I just lost my place. Uh, let's okay. see. I've got one here. Jen sent me oh, one right. on uh, Twitter. Uh, should Jeff Jackson be worried about the order's reputation in the coaching world after it's clear Woodcroft was not the problem and the way he was fired could be viewed as unfair? Uh, a bigger body of work is needed here, you know, and this is not about Chris Knobloch. It is not. But is there a point to be made there, Struds, like uh, this firing of Jay Woodcroft um, and the way that it's played out here? And it maybe not so much reputation about in the coaching world, but just the way that this decision is viewed uh, in hindsight. Well, I'm sure the coaches don't like seeing their, their comrades fired for when they don't think they really deserve it. Um, but let's face it, long-term, this is great for Jay Woodcroft, guys. I, I, I don't know. I don't think Jay's – I wouldn't be that upset. He's going to get a new contract. So he plays off the rest of this year at whatever, 2 or $3 million. He's going to get a three-year deal next year. So this this turns into a four-year contract. And really, you know, you have another three to build it up. It could go longer. Like – He's going to make $10, $12 million over the next three, four years. Like, I I don't think it's – yeah, I, I wouldn't be that upset for him if you're moving on. You're, like, moving on to something better. It's not like he's got no other opportunities. I do think that it's, it's noticed amongst the coaches that are out there. For a young and upcoming coach, it's not going to affect them. If they get an opportunity to coach, the others are going to come. But veteran coaches that have their, uh, they have their choice of where they go, They will always look at how other people are treated in an organization. Um, On this one here, I mean, it it didn't look great, but there's going to be people out there that are going to want to coach the Edmonton Oilers. And hopefully Chris Doblock is the guy, and hopefully this is the one coach that stays longer than the average year and a half that the Oilers have been given over the last decade or so. 
Two more, Zuby. We'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, Rashawn Nelson says they need someone that McDavid or Dreisaitl respect as a cup winner to retain swagger and confidence. Uh, a large personality, personality like Maroon or Kessel or Fleury is badly needed. I don't think there's any talk that Maroon would be available, but but uh, possibly on the other two, do you guys agree that, that that it's still a personality that could be missing there, Struts? Yeah, I mean, the personality is great. I think they got Duncan Keith for that point, and I, I, I do think that it helped. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Kessel's probably at the point where – I don't know that he on the ice. He didn't play any games last year in the playoffs for Vegas. Uh, and then you've got uh, Flurry, who's you know he's he's a goalie, but I'm not sure that he's available and he'll want to come you know to a team that's lower in the standings than than they are at the point he's in his career. So I just don't see either either one of those as an option. I think at the end of the at the trade deadline, that's what they were going to look for. They're going to look for an experienced veteran player that's won before, and they were going to add that. At the deadline, I'm not sure that in their plans they had someone coming in at the yeah. end of November to do that role. <laughs> but yeah, it does make it does make a difference in your dressing room if you've had someone that's been there before. Uh, Abriv says, "Did the math? 97 points for the wild card spot in the West the last two years. The Oilers need to do better than 13 points every 10 games here on out. That means no worse than six three and one or five two and three for all segments. But that that doesn't sound that crazy. <laughs> really, that's what we would have expected of this team, right? Does that sound that crazy, Brownie? Well, it, it it's the, no, they're capable of doing it because we saw they they did it last year. The problem that you have right now is not the number of points you're out." The problem you have is the number of teams between you and a playoff spot. Every night that you lose, there's going to be half the teams are going to get points when they play each other in the conference because they're all ahead of you. So that's one of the problems. The other problem is every team has an injury run where they just try to survive, where they lose two or three better players. they got to go 10, 12 games and survive it. Well, the Oilers, but the Oilers haven't put any money in the bank. So they can't go into an injury part of their season and just survive like other teams can. L.A., Vegas last year had great starts. Injuries hit them. All that money was in the bank, so it didn't affect them. The Oilers haven't banked any points, so if they run into any part where they lose some a Connor or a Leon or something like that, that's when it's going to become troublesome for the Edmonton Oilers. Just no margin for error. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. All right, gentlemen, time for the gem of the day. Uh, Struddy will tap you for this one tonight. Brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports. Until November 27th, shop their Black Friday sales for amazing deals on hockey gear, sticks, skates, bikes, accessories, and more. Check them out online at unitedsport.ca. You got something, buddy? Yeah, there's been a lot of winners tonight, but I think it was early on when you, you played the uh, clip from uh, Knobloch. And his idea of the team being paralyzed, Zuby. Oh, yeah. And I just see a lot of guys who who are working hard, do care, um, are so worried about making mistakes, and ultimately it's paralyzing us and holding us back and um, just not playing with our instincts. And um, yeah, we just have to get away from it. Just not playing with our instincts. Paralyzed. That's a big word, Brownie. Paralyzed is what he sees from his team. Like, that's saying something. He's soft-spoken, but he says stuff. He's, well, he's saying that about a team that has Connor and Leon and Kane and Hyman and Nuge and Nurse. And that group is paralyzed. 
We'll see. We'll see what they can do. Try and finish off this road trip with something positive before coming back home. That'll wrap the podcast. Brownie, Struds, thanks, boys. That was a winner. Uh, thank you for hanging in there on the stream. We know it's frustrating for Oilers fans, but they're here in droves. They're participating. We really appreciate it. So thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions. Uh, we'll drop a podcast post game after their next game on Friday, I believe. And look forward to chatting with you then. Till then, have yourselves a great night. Talk soon. Cheers.